going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 77. One day closer or farther away from the MLB season. Well, we're definitely closer, I guess. I, th- I don't think this is the last MLB season that we're ever going to have in this past year. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely depressing now looking at it. Two out of the last three years, we really got screwed over as fans. Obviously, the COVID year was tough for everybody. Uh, last year, I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was normal, but we had 162 games. You got to watch baseball, every team playing at all time pretty much, which was really nice. And now this year, we are into March. No agreements. And at this point, I don't even know what's going to happen. We thought there was a slight chance that it could happen today. Uh, but once we saw that that wasn't going to happen, now we kind of know that there, there's not going to be baseball for a while. But right now, basketball's holding us over. March Madness is coming soon. College baseball season is starting off pretty interesting. So we'll be fine for now. Mm-hmm. You have a favorite 77? Favorite number 77, I went with the Walter Payton Man of the Year, Andrew Whitworth. Uh, that was my backup in case my obvious one was picked by you, Luka Doncic. Uh, probably the only superstar to wear 77 ever? In basketball, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of a random number. Mm, uh, those numbers like that, I've always been curious on like, why did Luca choose to wear number 77? I think That's he like, wore either that or something close to it uh, when he was in the Olympics playing with uh, his country, I believe. Let's see here. Where's number 77? 70, let's see. So his brother wore seven for a long time and so he decided to go with double uh, sevens and go at 77 okay very that nice makes, makes a bit of sense i guess but yeah. uh yeah i mean luke is obviously stud. just is it's his 23rd birthday today i'm pretty sure so pretty one of the game's brightest young stars is only 23 which is kind of crazy to think about but let's talk about the favorite thing that we saw over this past week and for me, that's going to be Harden and the rest of the Sixers dominating in their Philly debut or in Harden's Philly debut, I guess. Uh, they've played two games with James Harden since he had a triple double on Saturday morning or Sunday morning. And then in his first game, he had 27, 12 assists with eight rebounds and B dominated, Maxi dominated. And boy, is that a scary duo. We'll talk more about them later. Yeah, I'm also going with a game from uh, that day. I watched basketball all day. I'm sure you did too. Going with Utah Phoenix. Utah wins that 118 to 114. Um, uh, It's kind of weird that I like Phoenix being a Warriors fan, but they usually collapse when we face them in the playoffs historically. So I'm okay with it. Um, You know, great defensive team and Donnie Mitchell. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was good to see Utah taking that dub from them. I, I. I don't mind the team of Phoenix, but their fans are very, mm. very annoying in my opinion. So I like to steer away from them. 
Uh, Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. We didn't put up the voting. Uh, it's kind of getting weird at this point. We're usually the polls that we do have a lot of basketball or not basketball, a lot of football stuff. So mm. with no football being around, kind of makes it tough. But we don't have John Morant. I mean, that's a pretty easy choice here. He had 46 against the Bulls over the weekend. And then yesterday dropped 52 in a career high. Uh, and I think Skyler said that was a franchise high too for most points in a game. Yeah. And he has been... Amazing so far. I saw something saying that he was at the top of somebody's MVP ladder. I don't really agree with that at all. I don't think so either. (laughs) But uh, he's definitely fun to watch, and he's going to be a star in the league for years to come, obviously. For sure. Uh, You know, it's crazy. A guy from a school like Murray State, uh, Mm -hmm. just the journey he's been on, you know, just getting picked number two overall is a crazy accomplishment. uh, And he's not done yet. Yeah, and I I remember there's – I remember going to that March Madness year. John Morant's team, I think, got to round of 32 or whatever, yeah. but they were like a 13 or 12 seed. And I remember a lot of my friends, when they were making their brackets, I'm like, guys, you got to pick Murray State in yeah. one of these games. They have this dude who is like the best college basketball player there is. Obviously, there's Zion Williamson that year. But, I mean. He fell through his shoe. Yeah, so. That's that's a pretty fun comp. Just he's fun to watch. It's good for Memphis, good for basketball. Let's get on to our football team reports now, because yeah, obviously there's no A's report. Uh, so what, anything happened with the Jets this past week? So Robert Sala and the gang are not going to the combine. They're going to spend this time uh, looking at tape, free agents, uh, Senior Bowl when they were there, and uh, other draft prospects that they're uh, they've talked to before. Um, there was a, a season ticket holder at a Robert Sulla press conference meet and greet type thing. And mm-hmm. he, he said, please do not draft Kyle Hamilton at, at four. I, I please don't do it. I won't buy season tickets anymore. And Robert Sulla laughed at him. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if, uh, if this whole thing is planned, I wouldn't mind Kyle Hamilton, to be honest. I don't think the draft is, uh, is as important for needs as value, right? At least with this stage of the team, we need, just guys who can get them out there and play uh, yeah, right away. Just good. Any good players that you can find are always going to help for a team. It's been at the bottom and just getting those guys that you can build around mm-hmm. in the future uh, is, is, is a big, big thing. Yeah. As far as the Raiders go, uh, one note, we're playing in the Hall of Fame game. So there's that. We're playing the Jags. Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of cool. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen the Raiders play in the Hall of Fame game. We're getting Cliff Branch. Uh, in the Hall of Fame there. So if as a, if you're a Raider fan, going to Canton in August, watching your team play and seeing Cliff Branch, one of the greatest Raider wide receivers ever inducted into the Hall of Fame, is a pretty cool thing to see for sure. Uh, besides that, though, Combine this week, Josh McDaniels returns to Indy. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so, uh, I mean, nothing else besides that because the rest of the guys compete at the Combine on our aren't on our team yet so yeah 58 days i believe it is until the draft it's going to be exciting it is going to be exciting mm-hmm. now we do all our rankings we've been doing them the past few weeks uh, we did qbs we did running backs we did wide receivers if you haven't heard those go check our previous episodes they got all of those uh we're doing top 10 tight ends today do you have mm-hmm. any honorable mentions before we start i had 16 guys here uh so i I'll just read yeah, them for now. I'll just read them for now. Guys that I had to mention, Gasicki, Goddard, Firemuth, Gronkowski, 
Uzama, and Tyler Higby. I ju- I won't spoil, but there was a guy I put at nine who I thought is should be deserves to be at nine, but also is not very far off from these other seven guys below him. Uh, so I had to mention those guys. You didn't put Gronk in the top ten. I did not. That's crazy. That's that's actually crazy. To be honest with you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any honorable mentions. I did find it was very hard once I finished like the top seven on what to do for eight through 13 or so. So I just didn't worry about it. Once I got 10, number 10 for me, that was going to be Noah Fant. Uh, that's funny. Also Noah Fant at number 10. Yeah. He's just, he's just a good tight end. He's nothing great, but he's good. Yeah. Uh, number nine for me is going to be Dallas Goddard. Goddard. Fuck. I always butcher that. Uh, he dominated the jets. I do know that. So this guy's watched him front and center. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's pretty good. And now obviously the tight end table uh, in, in Philly is going to be all his now that Zach Ertz is gone. Uh, I'm going to go with Hunter Henry at number nine. Um, not the production of some of these other guys I mentioned earlier, but he was unstoppable in the red zone and he understood his role. You know, it's to help out the rookie quarterback and he didn't let anyone down nine touchdowns this year. Number eight for me is one of my favorite tight ends, but I think just the situation that he's in is so perfect Hawk, that other Hawkins, tight ends, oh, when you, you put him in there, uh, would be really, really, really good. So that's why he's at the low spot of eight, and that's Dalton Schultz. Dude is a stud. Uh, I have Hawkinson at eight. I thought you were going there when you said the situation he's in. Uh, Hawkinson, unfortunately, in a pretty bad situation. I don't think it's his fault. I think he's a great all-around uh, player, you know, blocking included, uh, but just, he just didn't have a good year, at least second half to the year. So he, he's, he's down to eight here. Yeah. Hawkinson only played 12 games, but still regardless, not yeah. the greatest season. I do have Hawkinson at number seven. Uh, reason I do have him over Schultz is because I think if you put Hawkinson in that situation in Dallas where Schultz is, uh, that team's probably a bit better. I don't know. Total team, obviously, but I think the production Hawkinson wise would be a lot better there. So I went with him, uh, the Hawk at number seven. All right. Uh, number seven for me, is going to be Dawson Knox. Um, pretty much athletic freak up there in Buffalo and you know, number seven. No, it's not a bad choice. Uh, number six for me is going to be Kyle Pitts. He is a beast, but he only had one touchdown. And we, when you're a tight end you need to be able to, to get red zone targets need to be able to get into the end zone. Uh, and I know it's only his rookie year, thousand yards, but only one touchdown is why he's not higher on my list. You know, who doesn't get a lot of red zone, uh, red zone targets is former Atlanta Falcon, Julio Jones, who will be in the hall of fame. Sure. So I don't care as much. That's fair. I mean, Julio had his, he had his red zone targets earlier in his career though. He just, he just lost in the last few years in Atlanta. And I he was guess hurt. so. I guess so. All right. Number six. Wait, did you go? Yeah. Uh, you just went. I just did my number six. Okay. Sorry. Um, so my number six is going to be Dalton Schultz. Uh, I decided not to penalize him for the system he's in. Uh, I I love the numbers, though. So he's, he's staying at number six. And that's a guy I would want the Jets to go after in free agency. Yeah, Schultz is a beast for sure. Uh, number five for me is going to be Gronk. This dude's still unstoppable. He is... He's not the fastest, but he's a mis- mis- 
mismatch, uh, mismatch, yes. nightmare, matchup, nightmare. What I was trying to say, mismatch and matchup at the same time. So I kind of screwed everything over. But Gronk at number five, he gets those red zone targets uh, that Pitts doesn't get. And I mean, he's probably going to retire, but he's one of the best tight ends to ever do it. All right. Uh, number five for me is going to be Kyle Pitts. I'm loving what I'm seeing from this guy already. Um, I understand where you're coming from. If he doesn't get more touchdowns, he will never get uh, onto the Tony Gonzalez, uh, Antonio Gates pace. That, Travis Kelsey pace at this point. Yeah, yeah. seriously, at this point. Uh, that That's why he was drafted where he was, to be that guy. Uh, but for now, I think he's he, he'll be just fine. He's number five. Number four for me is a guy who had the greatest statistical season this year as far as tight ends go, uh, but still, in my opinion, isn't near the best tight end, and that's Mark Andrews. He had a great year this year in Baltimore, uh, even producing with Tyler Hunley at quarterback and whoever the hell they use in, in some other games as well. But he he's a beast. He's definitely very, very good. I just don't think he's as good or in the tier as these, these top three guys. Uh, I think it's a tier of four guys. Uh, and that's why I have Darren Waller here at number four. Um, you just, you don't like to see a guy like Waller who you run your system completely around disappearing at the end of games. Um, what, what is this look? He missed <laughs> like six games. I understand that. And but then when he was healthy, we gave him eight receptions in the wild card round. This is a regular season ranking. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, okay, I, it'll, okay. Let's just let's just go to three, and I'll explain it more. All right. Number three for me is the beast, the guy. He's a, one of the biggest tight ends. He's one of the fastest tight ends. He's one of the best catching tight ends. Darren Waller. Uh, I wish we. Game plan around him a little bit differently because sometimes we go to him a lot, other times we don't. And really, in my opinion, it shouldn't matter what they're, the other de- the defense is doing to stop him because whatever they're trying to do, it's not going to work. So, Rackwall, he's 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 a half decent rapper. So that's some cookie points. It's an interesting take. Uh, but number three, I do have Mark Andrews ahead of Waller. Um, not as much. Uh, you know, the uh, better statistical season this year. I just feel like he's a little more reliable. Um, I'm not, I don't think there's a big gap here. I think it's very close, but for this season, I have Andrews ahead. Okay. I think, I think it's fair. I'm not trying to upset you. I just, you know, we'll see next year. We'll see next year. Number two for me is best blocking tight end in the league. I think that's pretty unanimous at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't rap as good as Darren Waller, uh, but he has he tried the damn good tight end. That's uh, George Kittle. Also have George Kittle at two. I think that's pretty clear there. I hate walking around. I mean, I, I went to San Francisco a couple months ago and I saw maybe 30 different posters of George Kittle and his wife, like wearing weird glasses, just posing. And then that, that really bugged me. But he's a great tight end. Yeah, he's he's a cool dude, too. He's just a little weird at sometimes. Number one, though, is a guy who's probably on pace to become the best tight end ever. Yeah. Right? I mean, 
I, I know that it's sure it's a little disrespect to some of the other guys, but Travis Kelsey, what he's been doing for like 10 years now is absolutely insane. Sure. He has one of the greatest quarterbacks or what one of the great, greatest quarterback talents of all time, uh, Patrick with Patrick Mahomes there. Uh, so that helps. But regardless, Travis Kelsey has got to be everybody's number one. This is what you want out of your your number one tight end. You know, this is how I think this is how you want your guy Waller to be used. It doesn't matter what what's thrown at him. He's going to he's going to get open. You know, he, he does every single time. And if he's not open, he'll still break a tackle and get the first down. You know, mm-hmm. it's one uh, thing. Yeah. One thing I do know that's wrong with uh, uh, mainly the Chiefs receivers. I haven't really seen it with anybody else, but Kelsey and Hill, they catch the ball and they immediately go backwards. That's their first thought Uh is to go backwards and try to make a play where they can go score a touchdown. And that's the only fault I have with Travis Kelsey is that sometimes you don't need to go ahead and look for the touchdown. Just go ahead, get as much as you can right there. All right. That's a pretty good list right there. Yeah, it's a fun list. We, I don't know what we're going to do next week. Oh, linemen, tackles. How do we want to break that up? We could do top five tackles, top five guards, top, top three centers. centers. <laughs> Hell no. Uh, I do not want to do that, uh, but we'll see. And obviously you guys will hear more about that in episode 78. Yeah. Now we're going to talk a little, about, a little bit about the MLB and the playoff format. We're not going to talk about pretty much... I mean, we have a little little bit of stuff in in halftime, but nothing too crazy as of right now. We're just going to talk about the playoff format. They have agreed, the MLB and the MLBPA, this is, have agreed on a 12-team format. They haven't really announced what that exactly is going to look like, I don't think. But what what would be your desired playoff format? Uh, I've had a take for a while, uh, and I'll get more into it when I I go Mm -hmm. – but I'll, I'll let you know what, what I think once you go. I, you go. Uh, I like the, uh, the home team choosing the opponent that we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago when they proposed it. But mm. I, I don't need any more teams here. I, I feel like the playoffs should be special. You know, teams like the Dodgers, Astros, Cardinals, who, uh, you know, have had a little streak here. I know the Cardinals actually broke, got theirs broken, but you know what I mean? 18 out of the last 15 years or whatever that, that means something in the MLB, not in the NBA, you know, last year, the wizards were there, right. Or was it just a play in anyways? It's um, I understand people think it's going to be promoting tanking if the playoffs are harder to get into, but I really don't care. Tank all you want. You know, it's not a perfect system. There's a lottery now, right? Uh, yeah, there should be a lottery, uh, at least for the top four teams, what the, uh, the rumor is. Uh, my desired playoff format would be 12 teams, actually. I think I've changed up a little bit. I think that would be the most fun. Uh, I still think you have the exclusivity of it where mm-hmm. you're not having a shit ton of teams make the playoffs like the NBA or the NFL is trying to get more and more teams into it. Uh, so I like the 12 teams. And there would still be a scenario where you're only going to play like uh, a couple teams are only going to play one or two playoff games and that's it. That's all they're going to get. So you really only get 10 teams in the playoffs. And I think that would be perfect. But MLB where you're not just throwing teams in. Cause that just doesn't make the playoffs special. You mm-hmm. see a team in the NBA make the playoffs. And you're like, Oh, uh, okay. 
But when you your team makes the playoffs in the MLB, that's something that you put in writing on the stadium. You know, like that's yeah, that, that's a pretty noteworthy thing to see. And that's why you don't have these extra long streaks of 25 years in a row. Teams, this team's made the playoffs. Obviously, the Yankees mm. had kind of a stretch like that. The Dodgers are kind of on a stretch like that right now. But they're not going to be good forever. And I think that's that's something that's really special uh, about the sport of baseball. It's just uh, there's nothing like October baseball. You know, I don't I don't want to lose that feeling by mm. putting too many too many teams in there. Yeah, hundred percent. Now let's go ahead and get to halftime. I know it's been a short episode so far, but I mean, mm. what are we supposed to do when it's March? We got no baseball. NFL free agency hasn't started yet, and it's just basketball going on. Yeah. Uh, God. So. We'll start off halftime with, uh, I'll say it's not the best thing I saw this weekend, but the absolute worst. The Warriors collapse uh, with a 21-point lead at one point against the Mavericks. Uh, they go on a 26-1 to run at the end of the game. <sighs> Questionable substitution, uh, but that's something we talk about a lot with the Warriors. <sighs> I... Uh, now regret putting this on here because I don't want to talk about it anymore. Exactly. But, uh, See, I, I was talking <laughs> to Skyler before the show. I'm like, do we, do we really, really have to talk about this? And I know this was a pretty big thing as far as Warrior fans go. This was a pretty big moment over the weekend. But, I mean, it's so painful to just watch watch something like this happen. All right. I'm done with it now. <laughs> <laughs> Just like uh, how the MLB players are done with the lockout. And the owner said, nope. Didn't agree on anything today. Um, they got our hopes up late last night saying they are not going to leave until they come up with an agreement. And then they were just wasting time. Pretty much. Uh, take it away, Kyle. Uh, as far as the MLB goes, it's it's a shame. We, we got the first week canceled. Uh, they met 12 times yesterday, which is kind of crazy, and ultimately came to the conclusion for a couple things that they agreed on, or not agreed on, but settled with. Uh, but now uh, we're going to ex- get this lockout. Uh, people can start, or they're going to, I guess, start negotiating again on Thursday. But now at this point, the players don't really care how long they're locked out for because they want to just go ahead and make sure that things are right and what they've been fighting for wasn't all for naught just for them to settle uh two weeks later at this point and there's this photo that really really bothers me uh from rob man rob manfred's conference uh, earlier today uh he says that canceling games would be this horrific horrific thing for baseball you don't You never want to get to canceling games. You want to do everything that you can to not get to canceling your games. And there's this photo of him smiling at the, at this press conference a couple, a couple hours ago where he, he just looks happy. Like how, how can you possibly be the commissioner of a sport and have games be canceled and be smiling about it? Where it kind of just seems now it's like a contest between the players and the, the owners on how they can get this stuff done. And, And one thing for me, is that when I was younger and I was thinking about this a couple years ago too, like I, I thought being the commissioner of the MLB, that would be like 
the funnest job ever. I would love to do that. But now when I'm realizing it, you don't represent the players when, when you are a commissioner. What you're representing is the 30 billionaires, the 30 billionaire assholes that are behind all these franchises. You're not you're not going for the popularity. Everything's about money uh, or not going for the, the popular vote, I meant, but for the money. Uh, everything's about money in this and you you have to be an asshole uh, and I think, I think there's very few ways that you can actually do this stuff correctly. I think Adam Silver has done it correctly. I think he's actually one of the best he's commissioners. Huge pro player guy. Yeah, Adam, Adam Silver is a great commissioner, and I think uh, NBA play, fans that still boo him uh, in uh, when he talks and stuff. That's yeah. pretty idiotic when it, when you put it in perspective. I think Goodell's actually not that bad either. But when you just look what. Goodell's not that bad. Oh, I thought you said a. Never mind. We'll talk about it later. Oh, you thought I said Adele? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going into music now at this point. But Goodell's a good commissioner as well. I know he gets some shit for it, but he's he's not that bad. And then when you just look at baseball, it's just like, like Bud Selig did not die for this, dude. Like, come on, like it, this is this is terrible. Yeah, I mean, we could go on and on about how this will kill the casual baseball fan. Uh, there'll be no more of them. Um, but I just, I just love baseball. I want to watch. And not it, Bug you know? I didn't. Bug League didn't die. I was tripping. Uh, uh, I okay. meant uh, uh, was David Stern. He died, but yeah. I was tripping. I, I always get those two mixed up for whatever reason. That's unfortunate. They're both a little, a little sneaky, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then, so, you know, some more MLB news. Derek Jeter steps down uh, CEO of baseball operations for the Marlins. Uh, that's pretty interesting to me. Um, he said the team's going in a different direction than what he signed up for. That's unfortunate. That makes me wonder of uh, Kim Ning, what's going on with her people in the front office. Uh, and the Marlins have made a lot of trades for young players. I wonder What's going on with that too? Just uh, some stuff to think about. Yeah, definitely some stuff to think about. Uh, and I, I mean, I'll, I'll let you talk about college baseball as well, man. Right there. Uh, and Sac State, 7-0 and this year. Uh, they're ranked 23rd now. They swept Santa Barbara, right? No, they swept Long Beach uh, over the weekend, uh, Long Beach is now ranked at 25, I think it is. Uh, and they just last week, Long Beach took two out of three from Mississippi State, I believe it was. And that was like probably the biggest thing that happened in, in college baseball over that weekend. And now we get with just one league later and Sac State's now a ranked team. Uh, one of my friends goes there. It's just like, like, whoa, like, I don't know, not know that this was a program that could be uh, in the rankings like this, but I guess they are, they're doing well and uh, look forward to seeing more of it, obviously. Oh yeah, for sure. Now I guess uh, we'll go into some college basketball recap here. Uh, it was a crazy weekend. The top seven teams all lost. Um, so that's not ideal for them. <laughs> Um, but Gonzaga and Arizona stay at one and two respectfully, even though they, they lost to St. Mary's in Colorado, a big jump for Baylor. They jumped seven spots to number three. They're 25 
and five now. They beat Texas the other night, barely. Um, so big for them. I know we talked about, I talked about last week how Texas Tech was a big winner uh, and the Big 12, and they're still ranked 12th. Uh, and Duke gets bumped up to number four. Uh, pretty cool. Right now, Villanova is up 75-74. They're ranked 11 against ninth-ranked Providence with three seconds left. I'll uh, let people know how that ends up. And next week, the conference tournaments will start. So very nice. Getting closer to March Madness. Exactly. That's yeah. that's the biggest thing that happens Like when there's a baseball lockout and the NBA playoffs are still a couple months away and NFL free agency is just around the corner, but still seems like it's forever away. Uh, and just the month, the month of March just seems long, man. I'm not going to lie. We just had this February month where it's 28 days pretty quick. Mm. I'm looking at March 31st. Like I didn't even realize it was March, to be honest with you. Like that's, that's a while away. It feels like, so I don't know. I just miss baseball, man. I, I just want to watch games. Usually. I mean, spring training isn't really anything that people watch religiously, but I would definitely love to, to go we ahead always and tune in and see, we know how, all the prospects. <laughs> see all the prospects on the A's doing stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. My dad said we should go to some uh, Stockton ports games this year. Not a bad idea. Support the miners. Exactly, bro. Mm-hmm. Always got to support those miners. Uh, we did have a big retirement in the NFL, though. Uh, one of the greatest guards in the game right now, Ali mm-hmm. Marpet, retired. Do you have anything else on that, Skyler, rather than just that he was up? he was 28 years old and he was yeah. one of the best in the NFL at the guard position. Uh, I feel like this is going to be a trend for Tampa Bay here. Guys like Pierre Paul. Um, and pretty much the entire offensive line too, who might not get the money they want to, you know, fully grind into another NFL season, uh, mm. just hang it up. Cause they know yeah. how difficult it is. They couldn't even do it with Tom Brady last year. Uh, they're going to have some doubt going in next year for sure. That's fair. Uh, and when you think about Marpet's career, uh, he's only one time pro bowler, obviously he's your bowl champ, but when you look uh, after 2019, if he was to retire right there at age 26, he wouldn't have really any accolades to his name. Mm-hmm. And now just two years later, Super Bowl champ and a pro bowler, obviously two of the biggest things there is once it comes to football. So congrats to Ali Marpet. Go enjoy the retirement. Yeah. I really have to that. Then uh, some big combine news that starts this week. Uh, Skyler, mm-hmm. go ahead and tell me about two of the biggest prospects going into the draft. Yeah, two guys who will be going in the first round. Matt Corral, the quarterback out of Ole Miss, and Derek Stingley, defensive back from LSU, are going to skip the combine. Matt Corral, unfortunately, wrecked his ankle um, in the the first drive of his bowl game. And now we know why people skip their bowl games. Uh, unfortunate, but sometimes you got to do it. Same with Derek Stingley. He just uh, has been banged up pretty much the last three years of his life. Uh, so tough for him. Uh, interview process started today and measurements. Uh, we're going to see the quarterbacks on Thursday. Uh, and then it ends with punters and DBs on Sunday, I believe, or kickers mm. and kickers and DBs on Sunday. It'll go all, all through the weekend. Heck Very yeah. Always love those groups, man. Yeah. Combine's definitely a fun, fun time. Uh, as we get to go ahead and see more and more about the, this next generation of players coming into the league. Mm. Uh, and obviously people rise, people fall. 
And we get to see Rich Eisen run the 40 one more time. Yes, sir. Uh, so that's always good to see. Uh, let's get back to where's your head at now, where we have a couple of basketball things before we go ahead and get to our bets and get on out of here. First one is going to be the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers are not in a good spot right now. They are 27 and 33. That equivalates to being the nine seed in the Western Conference for a team that has Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not going to talk about – we know this year's chalked for them. Yes, absolutely. So what what do they need to, to do to g- compete for a championship uh, in the near future? Well, first of all, I think everything they need to do, LeBron has to be on board with. I don't think moving on from Frank Vogel is the right move. But again, if LeBron's on board with it, I think you have to do it. LeBron's on on the, the payroll there for another year. And if you're going to win a championship, it's going to be because of him. Uh, mm-hmm. They tried to trade Westbrook for Wall before the break, uh, and it didn't go through. So that, again, that's a big part of their chemistry issues right now um, <laughs> because LeBron doesn't want to be playing with Westbrook. Um, and I don't think those are the moves you should be making. Uh, high chemistry boosting moves. Uh, they traded all their assets for Anthony Davis. Uh, so I think you have to try to flip him maybe mm-hmm. um, or convince some other guys that LeBron's friends with to take an actual pay cut. You don't need 40 million from the Westbrooks of the world on your team to win. Uh, you don't at all. You just have to be smart, get guys on board and, uh, that believe in the process, you know, and mm-hmm. I know he plays in Philly, so it's hard to get him, but, <laughs> but just, just, he's got to follow the process, man. Yeah. It's, it's going to be very, very tough. I think for the Lakers to actually go ahead and compete for a championship, unless they magically figure out Westbrook and Anthony Davis gets back to being Anthony Davis and LeBron gets just continues being Bron. He's been so good this mm-hmm. past year. So, if you're not going based off of luck, I think you need to get rid of Westbrook. Uh, that's obviously very, very tough. And I think the only person you can trade for in the entire NBA is John Wall. I think that's the only person that financially Dumps. can can get that done for you. So, well, Chris Ops wouldn't really make sense on their roster anyways. So you add John Wall. And you can't just have 35-year-olds filling out the rest of your team. And I yeah. mean, they have THT and they have Austin Reeves, and that's it as far as young guys go. So, I mean, it's it's just funny looking at this roster because uh, Westbrook, LeBron, all these guys are saying, oh, we might be old, but we're going to kick some young ass or something like that early in the season. I have, I have a, yeah. a, a, a screenshot from early in the year when Westbrook was saying, oh, it's, it's not going to affect them, anything like that. And now, I mean, it's clearly affecting them. Uh, and it's just interesting to think. Uh, I know the Lakers won their ring a couple years ago, but they could have really have turned into a dynasty. I feel like if they if they kept Brandon Ingram, they kept Kyle Kuzma, they kept Josh Hart, they kept Lonzo Ball, mm-hmm. they keep all those guys. They know it didn't work out LeBron's first year, but is this team right now even better than that team mm-hmm. that first year? And if you gave Ingram another year to gel, Lonzo another year to gel, Kuzma another year to gel, that roster would be pretty damn good. I mean, every single day, guys are getting fleeced on the uh, on the buyout or the waiver wire. You know, you don't have to start. What's 
sorry, Dwight Howard. You know, I was trying to think mm-hmm. of an example. I can name their entire team. Carmelo Anthony. You don't have to start mm-hmm. those guys. You can get a, a younger guy who's probably better. Well, they mm-hmm. don't have the money to. That's the problem. All those guys are on very like minimum contracts. Uh, so that's the only problem with that. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're not going to win uh, like anything when you have a roster like that. So makes it tough. Julius Randle's another guy that could have been on that yes. roster if they wanted it to. Jody Meeks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Lakers not in a good spot right now. Let's talk about a team mm-hmm. that is in an absolutely great spot, though. That's the Philadelphia 76ers. Harden and Embiid. I've watched both the games since they've they've joined up or whatever you want to call it. Uh and it is super fun to watch. They just play so seamlessly. It looks like they've been playing together for three months already, uh, especially just watching that first and second game, just seeing mm-hmm. that stuff. It's it's really crazy to see. So is Harden and MB the best combo in the league right now as far as duo, duos on a team-wise go? I think right now, yes. Uh, a healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis would probably be my number one because of the defense would be ridiculous. Uh but they're very exciting. Uh, I, I do want to hold on a little bit because they haven't, they just played the Knicks. All right. Let's calm down because the Wolves, because the heat, the bulls and the nets are coming up next week. And that's going to be a real test right there. I'm going to go through and just name some of the duos in the league mm. uh, and where I think the Harden uh, and Embiid combo lies with them. KD and Kyrie or Katie and Ben Simmons or whatever combo you want to make out of those two. I think that has a very good chance of competing with them. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I'm taking the Sixers duo any day with that. The Bulls, Levine DeRozan. I thought for a second, I'm like, "Eh," and then no, Uh, they really can't compete. Uh, Levine's good, but I mean, Harden and Embiid are two top five, top 10 players in the NBA right now. Uh, when you look at the Pistons with Keg Cunningham and Isaiah Stewart, man, I mean that could, <laughs> no, that's that won't compete ever. Luca uh, and Spencer Dinwiddie, <laughs> uh, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald with the Pacers. Uh, oh yeah, Giannis Middleton. Uh, it's a good combo, but not as good. The Heat have a couple interesting combos when it comes to that. The Pelicans, I mean, if Zion actually cared about that team, could be decent, but still not as good. So when you go around and looking at all these different ones, I really think that Harden and B combo is the best. Uh, I think KD Kyrie probably has the biggest chance to compete with those because mm. obviously we still haven't seen Embiid and Harden go against some crazy competition yet. But as of right now, I'm going to go ahead, ahead and say yes for that. All right. Quick short or a quick second half. Uh, let's get to the layups mm-hmm. and the bull predictions before we get on out of here. Last week, though, uh, rough week for both of, both of us. I was the only one that got the pick right. Uh, I yeah. had Celtics over Nets. That did happen. So that was good, I guess. And then Skyler had CSF winning the series over the Gonzaga Bulldogs. That They got happen. swept. <laughs> that did not happen. That was a tough one for Skyler for sure. Yeah. Uh, but as we move to this week and we hopefully get better, uh, I have New Orleans over Sacramento on Wednesday. I really like CJ McCollum. 
uh, on the Pelicans. I think that's a fun duo with him and Brandon Ingram. Uh, so they play Sacramento. Sacramento sucks on the road. Go ahead and give me New Orleans. All right. Uh, I just talked about this one. I'm going to take the Miami Heat over Philly on Saturday. I think Philly's going to get a rude awakening here from the Miami defense uh, after a back-to-back. I think Miami is one of the teams that probably matches up the best that duo because you have two guys right away that can guard those two guys. Maybe not guard them the best because it's you can't really guard Harden and Embiid in general. But contain them. Yeah, you have Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. That really makes sense. But then there's two other stars. I would say I'd say stars. I would not superstars, but Tyrese Maxey. And Tobias Harris are two really, really good players. Mm-hmm. And so you take away those two top options, you still have a damn good three and four. Then we get to bold predictions, though. Uh, last week, I had the Hawks over the Bulls. That did not happen. And then Skyler had Kansas over Baylor on Saturday. That also did not happen, Baylor's unfortunately. Baylor's taking over. Now we get to, the, to this week where I have the New York Knicks going over Phoenix on Thursday. No CP3 really scares me for the Phoenix Suns. I still think they'll be favored quite a bit in this one considering it's at Phoenix. But give me RJ and the Knicks, baby. All right. I'm going to go with the Pelicans over the Jazz at home on Friday nights. Ever since CJ McCollum got there, he's been so good tearing it up he's been tearing it up and uh i know utah uh, specifically donnie mitchell has been banged up his ankle i don't know how long he could play 40 minutes shooting a bunch of threes uh so let's say they slip up here and lose to new orleans yeah not a bad one utah is a tough spot to play though you can't you don't just go up there and play i mean you gotta you gotta train you gotta do all this stuff with your cardio in new orleans oh it's in new orleans oh Yeah, yeah, yeah then boom that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to do it for episode 77. Our socials, as always, Twitter and Instagram are at Max Sports. YouTube, mm-hmm. TikTok are at Immaculate Sports. Go ahead and give them a follow. Turn on post notifications. We're most active on Twitter. Uh, we haven't been that active on pretty much anything this past week or two because there isn't, there isn't shit to talk about. So uh, maybe if the world gives us some more baseball or any baseball in that fact or some cool. crazy NFL stuff. We'll put that stuff on there. But, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Get some combine numbers next week. Hopefully that'll be, uh, that'll be an opener or something for me. Somebody breaks John Ross's 40 time. <laughs> yeah, 40 bench, uh, press. bench presses from the offensive lineman. Always fun to watch. Uh, but we'll see you guys next week. Go Jets. Later.